This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the 1912 Exiles podcast, an unofficial Newport County podcast made by the fans for the fans. So what's on the agenda today for us? Well, after lashing out, I'd say about a week ago, on Twitter regarding the state of the Roddy Parade pitch, we received quite a passionate reply. And that, that person was David Buttress of the Dragons Rugby. He's actually the CEO. So... We did what any self-respected podcast would do, and we extended the invitation. You know, come on and chat. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? He accepted. So here we are in today's episode, chatting about all manner of things. You know, we we talked about the challenges of managing Rondy Parade, and and why were the Cardiff Blues invited to play in the first place? We talked about his long-time county-supported and season-ticket-holding father, which, you know. Does that prove difficult at the dinner table? What do you talk about? Does he moan about the pitch as much as other fans do? We talked about the state of current relationships between football and rugby and certain inherited difficulties when he took over the rugby side about two and a half years ago. And we talked about his proposed private takeover. You know, he's planning for a consortium to take over the Dragons. What, what does that mean for Newport? Where are we in the scope of the plan? So this is an absolute must-listen and what's striking is actually Dave is quite unfiltered and, and takes a non-PR approach you know, where he's quite refreshing and, and honest on all fronts. I think what you're about to hear is, is going to surprise you in some form or another. So without further ado, let's hear all about it and let's pitch it to the clip. So David Buttress of Dragons Rugby, the CEO, what's more difficult? Is it going from a team of four to five employees and turning it into a fast food logistics powerhouse? Or is it being the chairperson for a sport inside, but taking a bit of flack on Twitter for a pitch? (laughs) I would say definitely building um, a business. I think that's that's definitely the harder thing to do. I would say that um, I quite enjoy it. Maybe I'm masochistic. I don't know. I really enjoy the social media side as professional sport. I quite probably because I grew up in a sporting environment in dressing rooms and, you know, football dressing rooms, rugby dressing rooms as a, as a, as a, from a young, very young age. Um, I started playing sport when I was seven or eight. I, I, I've always loved the banter. I was, you know, I was quite lively myself in the dressing room. I was captain the teams I was mostly involved in. So I quite like the banter with Twitter. I don't, you know, I've got, I've got with, I'm three brothers and so you can imagine, you know, I'm the middle one. So there's always been tons of stick in the house. We're always competitive. So I quite enjoy the sort of, um, I sort of, I, sort of more cutting the Twitter, is the, better, <laughs> the, better, the better I find it. So I, I, I quite enjoy social media. I think some of the times you get to it and you think, oh God, that's, you know, yes, you do get some right idiots, but that's not different when you're in a pub, is it? I always think mm. like, 
when you're in a pub growing up in Cumbran, there was always one idiot in the corner that would get on your nerves. But, you know, that's so why I kind of see social media a bit the same as that. No, I genuinely enjoy it. I, the thing, the bit that I find hard about professional sport is if I put COVID to one side is the hard thing about professional sport is your heart means you just want to continue. You, you want to continue to just get better and better. And then um, the hard thing about being involved in professional sport is off the field is how you make that make sense financially. Because mm. professional sport, as you know, is probably the most irrational business you could ever get involved in as a business person, because your heart is saying, come on, you want to, and the competitive person in you, and the professional, who says you just want to be the best you can be, keep improving, do everything you can to help the teams you're involved in win. And then your head looks at the numbers and just goes, this doesn't make sense financially. So you, you've kind of got to try if you can, I think, to find the balance. And, and that's not easy. But if you can find the balance, I think that is important because in the balance probably lies a sustainable professional sporting model whether it's football or rugby and so I'm trying to yeah. find the balance in Newport obviously at the moment responsible only for the Dragons and Rodney Parade but um, I definitely always keep one eye on the football because I do you know I, I do genuinely love both. Well you're your old man I've done a bit of research your old man's a long time season ticket holder for Newport I was, I was going to ask did the topic of the pitch come up at the Christmas dinner table this year? <laughs> The pitch has come up at the uh, comes at the dinner table. So my old man, when I speak to him, pretty much the first thing he says to me <laughs> is probably do with either Newport Company or Rodney Parade, not not over the grandkids. So um, <laughs> so which, which to me to be fair, he's probably got his priorities right. But um, yeah, um, now my dad has been a, a company fan. So I think since he was six or seven years old, he's now in his seventies. So he's been he's been certainly you know as a boy, I was dragged along to Summerton Park from. Certainly my early memories, four or five years old, being at Summerton Park. I remember going to see an Everton game in 1985 at Summerton Park quite vividly. Um, I remember many, uh, Jeff Challingsworth, I think was a guy. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff was my dad's really close company mate. So I remember sitting outside pubs, waiting outside around Summerton Park, waiting for Jeff and my dad to come out to drag us to watch the, the company. So no, yeah. Yeah, certainly my first football kits were obviously football country kits. So yeah, no, I yeah, no, so my dad's a massive fan. But I think my dad obviously slightly tries to be tries to be a little bit more empathetic, I think, with the rugby these days because of myself. But <laughs> at the same time, is my dad's heart is definitely Newport County. And he, you know, he, he he can see probably what I can see a little bit as well. My dad's, you know, a relatively bright bloke, and he, he can see that if things are run the right way and uh, you know, especially in Newport, I think Newport's underpunched its weight in professional sport. Mm. So one of the things like I'm why I got involved in the Dragons and Rodney Parade and what I really genuinely believe is if if and when we get the Dragons into private ownership, and I think we will um, post-COVID do that, which will obviously mean that we'll have some sort of long-term lease on Rodney Parade. One of the things I'd be very keen to do is to come to an arrangement with Newport Company for the long term. And part of that would be you know, the pitch needs replacing. As you know, the pitch should have been replaced last year, actually. The only reason why I didn't get replaced last summer is because of the economic impact of COVID. Frankly, we just couldn't afford to do it. The pitch actually really should have been replaced last summer. Um, as you know, it's a very busy surface. The surface we have, we're very lucky. The WIU put in a great surface three years ago before I was involved, which is a proper, you know, it drains well. It's it, the structure of the pitch is very good, but the truth is it gets played on too much. Mm. Um, and, you know, so it should have been replaced last summer anyway. Um, we've extended it by a year. Thank you to the ground staff doing 
an incredible refurbishment job last year, which has eked another year out of it in, in this COVID year. But we're going to have to replace that pitch and put in a what I would describe as a sort of a really top surface so that we're able to you know, give football and rugby a, a, a surface that enables the next five, 10 years to, to have that stability of quality of surface that goes beyond just you know, the first four months of the service and the last probably two, three months of the, of, of the season. Because the bit in between, we all know December, January, February is very difficult for the guys at Rodney Parade. They're a fantastic team. But at the end of the day, you know, when you've got three teams operating on that surface, of which two of them are rugby, in January and December, when you get those sort of two, three games in a week, it's, and, and, and February, it's, the reality is that the surface, no matter, you know, that's a top surface in that, it, it, on, on Rodney Parade these days. We don't get the drainage issues. They were all rectified. It, it's just too much wear. So we've got to put in, I think, the latest technology and surface into Rodney Parade, I think, um, you know, this summer. And as part of that, I think we'll have a surface that will have that hybrid, uh, it'll obviously still be a grass pitch, but it'll be the hybrid surfaces you see now in the Premier League, um, which I think with good management will enable us to to continue to improve the playing surface that both the Dragons, but I think more importantly, the country, because obviously football requires an even more Premier surface, um, will hopefully provide um, them with a surface that I think Flinney and the guys um uh, through December, January and February, hopefully we'll give them a better service. Obviously, we're still going to get away. We can't get away from that. It's a ground share. You know, we've got rugby and football. And I don't think we should apologise for that. I think in Newport, you know, that's probably... I love the fact that we can have, hopefully over time, we can create a sort of sporting club at Rodney Parade, almost how it used to be in the old days where you had various sports. But I think, you know, let's have professional football and rugby in the city centre. Let's give them the best surface we can. Let's manage the surface as best we can. And hopefully that'll enable sort of both sides. It'll never be perfect, especially in the winter months, but hopefully enable everyone, including the ground staff as well, who have to work extraordinarily hard to even, you know, to get what we've got. So um, hopefully that'll create a sustainable model. And I hope as part of that, by the way, you know, the Newport, you know, and I mean this in, in, a, in a positive sense, that, you know, the city council and all local people really get behind uh, you know the company or rugby or both and mm. because I think you know it's all well and good you know we, we all you know place demands on our sporting clubs but the truth is they need support right it's it, especially coming out of COVID it's going to need when everyone's had the vaccine we're going to need people to get right by behind their local teams whether it's the football or the rugby because it's going to it's been an extraordinarily difficult period. Yeah, we feel, I, I, this is from a Newport County perspective, I, I've always felt that Newport's attendances have always been well below, and, and you speak of punching well below the weight. So there was a stat for last season that the population conversion to attendance for Newport County is only 2.1%. So I'm not sure if you think the same, that we're a sleeping giant in terms of sports for Newport. And I think the only way that we can move forward is 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 together, really, because especially for Newport being, and I, I try and temper people's flaring anger in terms of, of tempering expectations, because we are a fan-owned club and we do need support. And whether that comes from the council or, you know, closer ties with, with the Dragons, I think we need all the help we can get to push Newport further. That's right. The truth is we're, we're interdependent, right? The, you know, Rodney Parade is a more sustainable, successful place with professional rugby and football. 
Newport's going to be a more successful city and have a higher profile as a city with professional sport being successful in it. So the, I think the city council need to think about what's their strategy to support professional sport because you've seen, mm. you know, in Bristol, in Liverpool, um, you see in, if I, if I even take lower league, look at Milton Keynes, you know, if, if when city councils get below behind, um, get behind their local sporting clubs, it has a massive positive effect. And I, I, and I mean that, you know, to encourage sort of colleagues in Newport that care about the city, you know, in the council to really, you know, get behind pro sport in Newport, because I think there has been historically a lack of support for the professional teams um, in Newport. And I don't quite understand why, and I almost don't care why, but what I care is in the future that changes and, and we get the support we need. And I think the third thing, you, you're right. If you look at the area, now I think the clubs have to look at themselves for that a little bit. I look at, the, if I take the Dragons, what I'm responsible for, you know, we, we, there's two components really to drive and support, which is one is success and two is, you know, engagement and connection with the community you operate in. And I, so I, I don't want to talk too much for the football because I'm not responsible for it and it wouldn't be appropriate. But for, maybe there's parallels with what I am responsible for, which is rugby. And, it, and it's that, look, the best clubs, you know, the best clubs, if, if, I, if I, I give you an example, I was reading a case study about Everton Football Club and, and the work they do in the community. Now, they're a Premier League team. They do more work in the community. Now, they, of course, have a lot of resources and finances, but they do tons of work in the community, a lot of unseen work. And one of what was interesting for me is when I was reading about this case study is why they do it. And they say why they do it, as they can see, they create a generation or a lifetime of, of Everton fans they wouldn't have ordinarily got. Mm. And you think, well, actually, OK, they're a Premier League team with endless resources. We're not in that environment. But at the same time, there's a great example. If they're doing a load of work in the local community to engage with young kids and supporters, we have to look at ourselves as you know, the Dragons or a professional sports team and ask ourselves, what, what are we doing? And I think, you know, we could, should be and, and are going to do more because I think in there lies the next generation of supporter. I can't talk for Kennedy, but, you know, there's a lot of talented boys as well in, in you know, in the Gwent Valleys uh, playing football and rugby. And, and I look at the, you know, if you look at the, I would say the, 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 the sort of connection and the structure around the professional sport of both clubs, and I will talk for football and rugby because I, you know, I have a bit of knowledge around it, I don't think we do enough. I don't think we do enough. And, and I think there's probably an advantage there around scouting talent and there's probably, an, there's probably definitely advantage around connecting with supporters. And so I think part of... I think the long-term strategy where, you know, if you're a professional sports team responsible in Newport is, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be a bit more of a, I think, um, a, an investment in, in, in improving that connection, but then not forgetting the first point, which is you need success. Well, to create success, you've got to invest. So, you know, professional sport, unfortunately, you know, there is a direct correlation to some extent, although, you know, you have a great, you have a very good manager in Flinney and, 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 and he's out punching his weight for sure. But there is a correlation as well between how much investment goes into the club and, and the success and, 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 and the success is then the thing that attracts supporters. You know, when I was a boy growing up in Cumbrian, I didn't see any kids walking around in Manchester City tops. When I go out in Cumbrian now, guess what I see? I see Manchester City tops. So yeah. don't tell me there's yeah. not a connection between... Uh, success and, and support because there definitely is so so I think we've got to acknowledge that and we've got to we've got to we've got to try and find ways to invest albeit sustainably in this sort of improvement of performances because that will attract support and also 
you know, we've got to think about how we get supporters to, to buy into and, and bring along friends, bring along colleagues, bring along relatives and encourage additional support to come into the clubs because there is a, there is a, your ratio of support there to, to population is a pretty stark reality. The fact is, you know, when there is, there is on, a, on a week-to-week basis, there is insufficient, insufficient levels um, uh, of support and we've got to try and do work hard to improve that. Yeah, I, I remember from my childhood, this would have been oh, 15 years ago. Um, and I went to a school uh, called Escolcombe Ride Castanowith. And uh, when Newport were Newport RFC, there was no dragons. We regularly, and I mean regularly, almost, I would say twice a year, would have visits from, from the, the rugby side. And, and you would find that the merchandise started to sell a bit better within, you know, the kids were asking their families for Newport shirts and going to the family fun nights on the Friday, which, you know, every time Newport would score, it was pretty similar to a couple of seconds ago, you do, who, who let the dogs out, woof, woof, woof. Um, and, and it was a great night. And yeah, secretly, I, I used to be a Newport RSC rugby fan, albeit now a football in uh, Newport County podcaster. And it does, it does make a difference. And I remember being a, a teenager and, I used to get chided and chastised for being a, a Newport County supporter and wearing Newport County shirts to, to games lesson, even by my own teachers, because it was just so absurd. But I, I think if there was more outreach and and certainly more effort in terms, of, and it's not to deny the efforts of county and the community, because I, I I know firsthand they they do a lot. But it is it's it's a grassroots, all boats rise on the tide sort of thing, isn't it? And I know certainly the dragons do a lot in the community, company do. The point is, I think we need to be doing more. And I think to do more, we've got to think about how we invest in that because actually the community departments are both actually exceptional. Dragons have two people and they do an unbelievable amount of work. They're probably the most, I've never seen a team as as effective and a good. I know the company and the community do the same. So for me, it's about investing more, but also that's about everyone pulling together. That's about the city council really getting behind the teams. You know, really, what does that mean? It means things like, you know, investing in the other side of the river and, and the redevelopment of Rodney Parade and supporting people in that so that, you know, people in, the, in Newport want to come to a facility that is a great facility for the city and all the profile benefits that come with it. It's no good MPs all tweeting their support when Newport are playing in the third round of an FA Cup game and then you don't hear from them for 364 days. Well, that's, mm. that's no good. That's no good. Anyone can do that. But what really good strategic partners do, whether it's a city council or a commercial partner or the board of the Dragons, the board of Newport Company, what they do is work together every week and every day on a long-term basis, aligned to a strategy. Right? How do we create success for the city, which by definition creates success for the teams, which by definition attracts supporters, which by, by definition gets kids active in sport, which by definition gets kids healthier, which by definition helps their education. When you have a joined up thought process like that, all of a sudden that's benefiting loads of key stakeholders. And that's why when I talk about a joined up strategy, for me is very compelling and clear why we need it. And, you know, and what, I, and what, I'd, and what, I, and what I'd say to, um, you know, what I'd say to anyone is the power of sport's incredible. For me, I'm, you know, one of the reasons why I want to take the Dragons private and get a long-term lease and control of Rodney Parade is I, firstly, I want to do a, a long-term deal which enables the Newport country to have a proper home for the long term and make a strategic partnership for the city. Secondly, we need to invest in some of the facilities, including a pitch <clears throat> to renew that. And then thirdly, I think, you know, you know, uh, to me, it's brain dead, right? I love, I never grew up as a, sometimes in Newport or South Wales or in Wales, we don't help ourselves. Like we create this sort of football rugby thing 
And there's a good bit yeah. of banter in there. And, there. and maybe there's a little bit of truth in it too, right? Um, my dad's definitely a, a football head and all the rest of it. But, but actually, fundamentally, will my dad enjoy watching a rugby game and having a pint? Yeah, he does. Does he prefer football? Yeah, he does. But what do I prefer? I, I, I prefer a rugby game, but I also love watching football. And, and I'll definitely go along. So why haven't we if, we, if we can create a long-term strategy for Newport and there's professional teams in Newport, why can't we have, for example, like a joint season ticket? Why can't, I mean, it's, you know, we play at the same stadium, they're two different sports. Most, most weekends we're either home and away or different days. Not to say that every fan of Newport Company wants to come watch rugby, because they don't. And not to say every Dragons fan wants to watch Newport Company, because they don't. But surely that would make sense it gives better value to the supporters. It probably puts more punters in the ground, which creates better atmosphere. It probably creates a better experience for the players because they're playing in a fuller ground. Fourthly, it probably means that, you know, we're bringing um, people into the game, either whether it be rugby or football, that ordinarily wouldn't have just turned up and bought a ticket because they think, well, I've got a Dragon season ticket. I'm not going to pay 20, 30 quid to watch a football or, or vice versa. Whereas actually, you have a joint season ticket. We all get better with, with, with thinking like that. And if it doesn't work and doesn't make sense, and that's just one example, then okay, we'll try something else. But that helps all, you know, all boats lift in a rising tide. So I'd like this as part of the long term to be really thinking about stuff like that. You, you know, since you know, I've been involved in the Dragons, I've been encouraging, for example, sharing the ticket office resources. We should be, we should be sharing club you know, um, merchandise shops to save costs, you know. It's, so there's things like that I'd like to see happen quicker uh, because I think it just makes sense. And I think we all get better off the back of that, um, you know. And then who knows, you know, who, who knows where, you know, long-term, you, you know, other things end up. But, but I, I'd, I'd definitely like to see, to see that happen. Do you find yourself a, a lone ranger at the top of the mountain, I suppose, in this, this sort of marrying up of two resources as you see them? Is there widespread support? What, what are the hurdles that you find yourselves, for example, marrying up the two uh, in terms of merchandising? I know Newport County have their club shop in, in, the, in the town centre at present where I find, uh, for example, I have a friend who supports Chorley. I took him to one of the games. We performed awfully. That's the way it goes, isn't it? You take a friend of yours and uh, you sort of show yourself up. Um, but yeah, he, exactly. he, did, he did note upon the difficulty in which to find Newport County merchandise at Rodney Parade because uh, yeah, cool. basically because there's no outlet for it and couldn't understand that whole setup. It's, what, what are the hurdles to, to, to stopping this at present and, and how do we overcome it? Is it, is it your private consortium takeover? Do all things get better after this? I do think that's important because I do. I, do. Uh, I think, um, I think part, most of the things are getting in the way of, whether it's business I've been involved in or professional sport, or if we take this example, most of the things that get in the way, and I definitely think this in, honestly, in Wales, like uh, some of the stuff, I mean, I tell you, you know, I, I got involved with the Dragons and I, you know, I, I'd, I'd not lived, I mean, obviously my dad, as you know, lives in Malpas, but I, I hadn't, you know, some of the stuff when I first got involved around the Dragons and Newport RFC, and I, I completely get it. And I understand the history and I'm very respectful always of history, but some of the stuff in the angst that, that you get and the personal angst that, that, that people, you know, <laughs> sort of put at my door. And I'm like, no, mate, I turned up two and a half years ago. <laughs> you, know, it's, I, I, you, know, I, you know, I understand that I feel your pain, but, you know, I can't really use that for anything now. You know, we are where we are, for example. Um, you know, if I think about the new, but RFC stuff and the dragons, it's like, 
like you know you know do i have sympathy absolutely am i respectful of it yes massively i really you know i, I love the history of rodney parade and i'm extremely respectful of it the truth is i can use that now in the era of professionalism for anything mm. I, I have to focus on what, what's the strategy now what's the structure of, for example of professional rugby now and how do i get the best out of that to create success because i know if i can create success i'm pretty confident off the back of that success will grow and will become ever more successful. And over time, you know, some of the angst will fall away. Some of it never will. And, and you just have to accept that. Um, but to answer your question specifically on why that, that it's connected, I think a bit to that it's, it, it's some of it's the history. And I think a lot of it falls at bad leadership to be blunt with you off the field. I think there's been some pretty average and bad leadership that I, you know, you know, I don't like to criticize uh, predecessors because I wasn't there and I don't understand the context fully. But I would say there's been some pretty average leadership in professional sport in Newport over the last period of time because I don't understand why some of the decisions would have been made were made. I think some of it created unnecessary hostility between rugby and football. Some of it created sort of little fiefdoms around Rodney Parade about control and power. And, and honestly, I just think that's reductive. Uh, bullshit and I, I haven't got time for it I, I you know I think when you have a when you're involved in in something like a, a professional sports team whether it's been Newport County or whether it's the Dragons or Rodney Parade or Newport RFC you know these these organizations are going to be around many years after I've gone and uh, and you just have a responsibility I think to leave it a little bit better than how you found it and it's not about you and and, and how you feel about the power you have I think it's about what you do with that power and I think so I think there's been a lot of poor decisions based around personal, you know, stuff in the past, as far as I, from what I've listened and understood and, and, and some of the evidence I can see around decisions. I just think, you know, it, and I'll give you an example, actually, to bring that to life. So when Newport Company, you know, started playing at Rodney Parade, why as part of that, you know, was not a mature discussion had about how you fully integrate the two professional sports teams? Because if it was a business and you were basically merging two businesses and you would have that discussion. Yes, there would be some awkward conversations. Some people might even leave that organization in a business because there was no longer a proper role or they didn't like the direction. But OK, that's OK. That's life. That's business. Right. You have to think about what's the right thing to do for the long term. That's what you have to put first. I think if you put the if your North Star is what is the right thing to do around here, um, that will stand the test of time and you stay true to that all star, you'll make some better decisions than what's, what, what's best for me. What do I feel? Mm. I'll have control. I'll have power. All this sort of absolute rubbish that's getting in the way of doing the right thing. So, you know, that's an example for me where, you know, we um, perhaps at a very local level could, could, could have done better in the past. And like I say, I don't like to criticize what went before because I don't have the context, but I, but also I'm not, I'm not, not going to be honest and straightforward about how I see it. Cause you know, frankly, some of those things I've inherited and now have to live with yeah. and some of those things I now have to correct, but I will correct them. I, I won't tolerate them. And if it makes me, you know, a little bit unpopular, you know, in the short term, I'm willing to do that if I, as long as I think it's the right thing in the long term. So I want to see a fully integrated professional sports, football and rugby team at Rodney Parade. I don't want anything to get in the way of that unless there's a really good reason why I think there's a lot of advantages to the football and the rugby um, by doing that. I think it's the right thing for Rodney Parade. And I think Rodney Parade has a wonderful history in Newport. And I think it's on us to make the most of that and try and add to that history in a good, positive way and not treat Rodney Parade 
a bit like it's you know a, a plaything of a few people who sit on boards and committees because frankly as far as I'm concerned that's for the birds. In terms of Rodney Parade being a bit of a plaything uh, in terms of the decision to bring the Cardiff Blues in to sort of save them from their own pitch woes from hazy memory I, I think their ground was uh, given up to Covid relief efforts wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so in terms of that decision, was it a WRU-based decision to just bring them into the Dragons? Was, that, was anything else explored in terms of where they could go? Was there any sort of consideration for the current Tennessee, i.e. football, i.e. Newport? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So, uh, so that was not, was not a WRU decision. That was that was the Dragons and, and my decision. So I'll, I'm responsible for that. Um, so the WRU, you know, they're very good actually. To be fair, the WRU, I can criticise them for many things, but what I can't criticise them for is interference. They never forced you know that on us. We that was driven by kind of two things being blunt with you. One was financial. So um, you know we obviously got paid rent uh, for when Cardiff Blues uh, used the ground, and so there was a financial element. Um, uh, you know, as you can imagine, COVID times, the yeah. money money's as tight as as, as any other th- as any other business I've ever been involved in. So, so that part, firstly, it was let me be completely frank with people, it was it, it was financial, uh, um, um, and secondly, you know, from a sort of logistics perspective, we felt it was manageable because, of course, we would normally have Newport RFC playing at Rodney Parade in a normal season. Um, and so normally we'd have had, as you know, sort of 12, 15 Newport RFC fixtures this year. The fact that we haven't got any Premiership rugby this year because of COVID meant that we don't have Newport RFC fixtures at Rodney Parade. So we felt that hosting sort of, you know, three or four Cardiff Blues games, um, you know, was a manageable thing to do. Um, uh, it's probably the second key point. And actually, look, I don't want to sound like Mother Teresa because it wasn't the primary reason why. But actually, you know, um, um, it, it probably arguably was the right thing to do, given Cardiff's pitch was was being used by, as you know, the COVID hospital in Cardiff and the principality. It was probably the right thing to do. They reached out to us and said, look, you know, would it be possible to use Rodney Parade on these weekends Um you know, and, and actually, to be fair, it probably was. Now, as that, of course, helped to generate the surface, though, yeah, of course it has. I think they played Glasgow at Rodney Parade. I was watching the game on telly and I could see the surface and it really rained very heavily that day and during the game. And I could see the surface almost, you know, damaging in front, well, it was damaging in front of my eyes. And I, and I think it was late November or early December, somewhere around then. So I thought, so I knew, of course, grass is no longer growing. The pitch is not going to get a chance to recover off the back of that fixture. So I knew then. I thought, damn, that's that's hurt. That 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 fixture in particular sticks in my memory. So yeah, of course, I can completely understand then why a Newport County fan or you know anyone would say to me, oh, but bloody hell, David, you know that that that, that you know that 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 really hurt the playing surface. And what I'd say to people is, yeah, I understand, but I've got to. You know, I've got to I've got to be pragmatic here, and I, you know, there's there's a financial element, there was a doing the right thing element, and there was a sort of um, I guess a reality that you know Newport RFC are not going to be playing the ground this year. How do we try and uh, you know get as much out of Rodney Parade as we can from a business perspective financially um, as a result of that, and all the pressures that COVID has brought. So, look, I don't I don't apologise for it. I understand why someone might go. You know, um, that's frustrating. What I'd say to people is, you know, I'm trying to trying to balance um, and walk a fine line between, you know, running a business, getting the best at the Rodney Parade, equally trying to manage a surface. So I'm respectful for, you know, to football and rugby. And and, and it's not always a, an easy line to walk. But, 
you know, and I don't want sympathy for that. I'm just trying to contextualize it for people so they understand that it's not, you know, me sat in an office going, yeah, yeah, let's wreck the pitch. Let's wreck the pitch. <laughs> you know, because I can prob I can promise you nothing is further from the truth. And, you know, I, you know, I sat there that night watching that game. And honestly, I, instead of enjoying the game, I almost, my head, my head was in my hands as I watched the surface rut up in front of me. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's not what we want, and I think that. But that, you know, where where I think the proof of the pudding is is always in the eating. So, what I'd say to people is, look, you know, you, you'll. I think people will see in time, you know, especially as the Dragons goes into private ownership and we do the deal on Rodney Parade in the long term. You know, hopefully you'll see a surface go on. You know, we'll we'll we will, as I said. And also, let's oh sorry, let's not forget that surface is is should have been replaced last summer if it wasn't for COVID and all the financial pressures that COVID has brought professional rugby in particular, um, obviously given the ownership of the WIU, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, that surface would have been replaced last summer and we would have had a, a new surface, which would have been, you know, which clearly would have been, you know, in a, in a lot more manageable condition. Um, although I have to say, I thought the surface did okay last night. The guys did a tremendous job and it's, it'll, it'll definitely get everyone to the end of the season and it won't, I suspect there'll be worse surfaces, put it that way. Um, so I think the guys do a good job, but, yeah, people will see us put a surface, I think, on Rodney Parade, which will show how committed we are to making sure that the football has a, you know, best in class um, quality surface at Rodney Parade. So we'll do we'll do our bit. And of course, you know, I hope then people like the council and, and, and also supporters get behind the club, you know, you get behind company, get behind, you know, get behind Rodney Parade and the Dragons, because, you know, I can promise you, you know, we are, those of us involved, we are, we care deeply about, you know, professional football as much, you know, as rugby. And we, we are definitely trying to, to do the right things long-term. I, I kind of love the image in, in the, the, you suppose is in people's heads. So you are there, sat there watching the football going, yeah, oh, watching the rugby rap. Yeah, cut up some more. Fuck up the, yeah, <laughs> fuck I, up I, the I, county I, season I think, even more. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, people like, you know, I think people get quite tribal about these things and, for some reason, you know, I, 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 and I, and I get it because a lot of my dad's, you know, my dad gives me some stick about it sometimes. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I kind of get it because, you know, the tribalism is, is what I think attracts us to supporting a team and makes us loyal. And, you know, you, you have your mates you go to the game with and, and it's all very tribal. So I, I get it. You, you look at the lens then through a very sort of, you know, I guess self-interested um, it's natural, you know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the same. If Wales are playing rugby, there's no more one-eyed Welsh fan than me. I mean, you know, I'll, you know, it's, you know, I was watching the company last night, and I'm berating the referee. You know, my kids are trying to sleep because he's not stopping the Brighton keeper coming off the line, in my opinion. But I'm conscious as a Brighton fan, probably sat in Sussex somewhere, going, you know, oh, what a great goalkeeper he made, a lot of great teams. No, he wasn't. He was on his line. There was nothing wrong with that. What are you on about? So, you know, there's, I think there's, you know, I, I kind of consciously try to recognise my own biases in it. But, yeah, no, there's, you know, I know I can say, for example, Mark Jones, who's been at Rodney Craig for 35 years, is one of the best people I've ever worked with from an operations perspective. Absolutely exceptional. Well, Mark gets out of Rodney Parade and, with not a lot, I mean, if you look at financially, the level of investment that's gone into Rodney Parade is, is, is minuscule. So what Mark has done with not a lot is exceptional. John Raymond, you know, looks after the ground and the pitch. You know, he, he, the hours they work is, is absolutely irrational. They'll be at Rodney Parade at, you know, early hours of a December, rain and night, windy, you know, 
trying to prepare the surface as best they can. And it's a pretty thankless task, I'd say. But equally, that makes it incumbent on people like me and the board of, you know, the Dragons and the guys at Rodney Parade and to, 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 to help them. And I think helping them means we make a plan to how steadily and sustainably we improve Rodney Parade, get a surface in there that gives them the best chance of supporting a professional team, uh, both rugby and football, um, and, and also the city council step up. Also, there's probably, you know, being super blunt with you, and this is where it's very awkward for me, right, is, you know, I'm trying to walk a fine line because three teams at Rodney Parade is, is not possible to manage in the long term. We're going to have to talk to, you know, um, Newport RFC and obviously Cumpty and, and the Dragons about how we manage that because, you know, it's, the surface is going to get, continue to get really, it's the most, to, people might not know, but Rodney Parade is the, the most busy professional sports ground in Britain by and by some margin in terms of, games it hosts and, and puts on on the surface and how much it's used. So, you know, we have to recognize that and come up with a plan, you know, you know, so I think there's, you know, that's a difficult one locally, as you know, there's a lot of, as I said, alluded to earlier, there's a lot of angst, for example, around the history of Newport RFC and Rodney Parade. And, and, and I'm very respectful of that, but equally I'm going to have to, you know, going to have to work out how we make that work. And I think that probably means, um, um, that we have two professional sports teams and we also host Newport IFC, but we're going to have to make that in a way um, and structure that in a way that works because, you know, it, it's very clear to me that the current structure doesn't work and, and it's not going to be sustainable um, in the long run. But of course, you know, I'm not going to do, you know, you know we're not just going to do that unilaterally. We'll do that by talking to people, understanding what they, the, their needs are and we'll try and find a, a solution that works for all. But in the end, there'll probably be some tough choices in there as well. Can't get away from that. Yeah. I, I mean, we've, we've throughout the course of this conversation, put to bed a, a few uh, bits of fake news that's been swimming around county online forums and such things. Like there's What's 10 that? teams playing on the pitch all the time and, you know, yeah. women's women's rugby and men's under 16s and eight, under 80s. That's not the case, is it? Uh, the yeah, other so one... So the, all the Dragons youth teams play up at Astrid Munnock. So we have a training facility up at Astrid Munnock, which has, um, you know, an artificial surface. So all the junior teams uh, play up at Astrid Munnock. In fact, our, our senior men's A team um, plays at Astrid Munnock. It doesn't play at Rodney Parade. So our, so when we play in, you know, the, um, the you might see it, uh, Dragons A games. Mm-hmm. It's the men's games. With, um, so they've also played at Astrid um, on the artificial surface. Um, as you know, we do host some international football, which is Welsh women's FA's international football. But, they, you know, they're occasional fixtures. Um, and actually, they're good for the ground. I'm, I, I think that's good for the city, and I think it's good for the ground, especially when there's crowds um, back. I, I think it, I think where the ground is overutilized, honestly, bluntly, is, is you know is and this is where it's awkward because you know. But I'm uh, you know I'm going to be frank. You know the fact is you know Newport RFC and Rodney Parade have been together since 1875, and I and I'm enormously respectful of that. The truth is. Welsh rugby restructured itself 20 years ago, went to professionalism with regional rugby teams. Forget whether you like it or you don't. I actually don't care. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I'm dealing with the reality and not, not some 25-year-old nostalgic view of the world. So the fact is, uh, as a result of that now, we have three teams at Rodney Parade, two of which are professional, and one is obviously semi-professional amateur in terms of Newport RFC. And I, and I, and I have to say... 
that I don't think that works. I don't think it works for Newport IFC, and I don't think it works for us as a, as a, as a venue. And I think we're going to have to come to a solution on that. Now, I do think there's a compromise in that because go back to what I said about the history. I'm enormously respectful of that. Newport IFC's home is Rodney Parade. It should always be Rodney Parade. And I will do everything I can to make that work. But that is going to require a bit of give and take on both sides to make that work. Because the truth is, you know, um, the world has changed now. And professional rugby, whether you like it or you don't, um, um, is in Wales structured with four regional teams. Um, and it's no longer, you know, the club game that existed in the previous hundred years. And and and, and professional football and Rodney Parade is, is here to stay as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, it, it makes the ground. Um, it's great for the city. It's great for the ground. It's it's financially viable. Um, I think I have to say we have a we have a really, I would say, steadily and, and, and pretty good relationship with the guys at company. And, and I would say a, a continue to improve relationship. And as soon as as soon as and when we do the deal, uh, together Dragons Private, I'd want to really cement that as a long-term strategic partnership. And I make no apology for that because I do think Rodney Parade is, is is at its best as a professional sports stadium. Yes, it's difficult to balance empathy and, and historical respect with what people would probably deem as, a, I would imagine, quite a cold and calloused business outlook. But it is, as you say, bluntly, that there are imbalances there between the three that you've got to consolidate, I suppose. Yeah, I am. And, and, and look, and part of that, you know, you, if you, you know, part of that is, I think, you, you know, compassionate leadership. Part of it is then also not getting stuck in compassion. Part of it is also being able to make some tough decisions. So, uh, but do that, but make those tough decisions in a way where you, where, where you do consult and you do listen and you do make some, you know, compromises and you do make some concessions. And I've, and I've tried to do that in the two and a half years I've been involved um you know to try and make it work for everybody but that is going to require give and take you know that can't be you know i mean i'm equal but i equally you know that's not going to be me listening to you know you know you know that the the lecture around the hundred year history stuff rodney pray yes i'm respectful of that yes i understand that now probably more than people realize but what i can't let that do is is dictate the next hundred years because the world has changed and for rodney parade to be a highly successful, thriving venue for the next 100 years. I think the model is one where it embraces and improves under the banner of professional sport. And I think, you know, becoming a Rodney Parade, becoming a sort of fulcrum of, you know, professional football and professional rugby with two hopefully ever improving and successful teams, I think will give a foundation from which everyone can benefit, both the city, uh, the two teams, and also supporters hopefully will enjoy the venue as we're able to make improvements to it more and more over time, you know, I think the addition of the Rodney's bar down in the corner of the ground there, that's been a huge success. We can see supporters really love using it. Um, the improving disabled facilities, we can see there's been an important improvement. We're looking to improve the hospitality boxes. We've added in some um, uh, additional facilities around that. We can see that our commercial sponsors like that. So that's got to be the road we go down. We need to improve the changing rooms. So we're going to have to make an investment this summer in improving the changing rooms, which obviously I know supporters won't see, but you know, for the players and the professionalism and the credibility of the stadium long term, I think it's the right thing to do. So, you know, you know, there's a lot, you know, the LED, the advertising around the stadium, that needs to be improved, which will hopefully bring in more commercial revenue for Newport Company and the rugby. So there's things that I've got to think about, which are more than just, you know, the history. I've, I've, got, I've got to think about, you know, you know, my kids, my brother's kids, you know, your, you know, other people's, the next generation of supporters why are they going to come and support Newport Company 
Why will they enjoy coming to Rodney Parade? Why will they come support the Dragons? Why will they come and enjoy Rodney Parade? I've got to look at it through that lens because I'm responsible for ensuring that Rodney Parade is the best it can be for the next 5, 10, 15 years or however long I'm around. I can't worry about making a decision that makes me unpopular with, you know, um, a group of people. I can't, I can't focus only on that because I've got to do the, what I think are the right things, which perhaps in 20, 30 years time, people might think, you know, that kind of one in many friends, but hopefully what they might say is, but he, at least he did the right thing. <laughs> Fancy buying a bit of Newport County, do you? <laughs> Sounds like a great plan. You say, well, you, you sound like my dad now. I was gonna that was yeah that is funny enough that is on the agenda I was gonna it is there I was gonna ask if that had ever come up in conversation because it had been it'd been a vote that would be put out to the the trust membership in terms of uh and this is internal Newport politics so you may not know much about it but that we were looking at turning into a hybrid model instead of the fully 100% trust thing so yeah I was gonna ask if your father had asked you to uh get involved because that that plan sounds a very tempered and egoless approach to your credit and as we talked earlier about these head scratching moments where you do wonder why there hasn't been a closer relationship between uh, dragons and newport over the years and you speak to leadership ever 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 fancied being a part owner of newport county yeah so th- this is like they're like talking to my dad i can tell you so um no i have look i've thought about it obviously of course i have you know i'm you know my my family and Newport County fans, you know, my dad's a fanatic, really. Um, he's actually probably got a bit of an unhealthy obsession, actually. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so I have, is a shorthand. So I've obviously got an interest in professional sport in Newport through Rodney Parade and, and the Dragons, and I'm a, local, I'm, a, I'm a local lad and stuff. So, you know, and I'm, as, as I said to you, I do, I do enjoy my football. So, you know, I, no, it has crossed my mind a few times. I think, I think there probably two things. One is, Let's get the Dragons private. Let's get Rodney Parade sorted out as a long-term lease. Let's continue to work together, get to know each other better. You know, let's keep talking. I'm open-minded. You know, I'm not, I'm not closed-minded to it. Equally, I'm not the kind of guy that, you know, um, you know, I grew up in a council house in Cumbrian. I, I said this when I got involved in the Dragons. So I'm not, I would never not be very frank and open with people. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to dump a load of money into professional sport. I'm just never doing that. Mm. I don't believe in it. I actually don't believe in it long-term, actually, for the professional sports team either. That's an easy thing to say. It sounds like a cop-out. But the truth is, we've tried the benevolent owners in rugby and in football. The truth is, when they walk away from the club and they've had enough of losing money, the club's then left high and dry and either insolvent or in all kinds of trouble. So actually, I think in the long run, as much as short-term, it might feel like a good, almost like drug hit. It's, it's, not, it's not a good behaviour in the long-term. It's better to try and work a bit harder, I think, and create a sustainable model would I be up for that? Yeah, maybe, but I, you know, I'm open-minded. Um, but it, it would be on that basis because, you know, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. But yeah, I, I'm definitely open-minded about that because I think for Newport and for Rodney Parade and for professional sport, I think you get the right people involved, working together closely. But, you know, we can do that without ownership too. So I think we should continue to work together better and closer all the time and get to know each other. But if you're asking me, am I open-minded? Yeah, I, I probably am open-minded about it. Um, yeah, I probably am. How's your relationship with the the present Newport County Board? Yeah, no, good, fine. We, you know, it's, it's been really improving. I have to say, when I first got involved, there wasn't a great relationship between football and rugby at Rodney Parade. I think oh. I was probably a bit unrealistic in my expectations of how quickly I could improve that. Um, 
and, and that's true, by the way, of Newport RFC as well. So that's not a football rugby thing. When I first got involved, I thought, oh, we'll all work together. It'll all be good. Yeah. We'll enjoy our sport. And then I, you know, then I had my first meetings and realised, oh my God, I sort of got involved with the most dysfunctional <laughs> families in the, in, 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 in the history of sport. But that's, that's probably very unfair. But, but no, I, I realised quite quickly, I was probably a little bit naive, if I'm honest. I, you know, I was, you know, I, I didn't realise just how much your sort of division there existed between probably Newport FC, the Dragons, rugby and football, um, then the conflict, of, which is understandable given the usage of the stadium and the pitch. So there's a load of stuff that, I, frankly, I was a bit naive about. Um, so I, I know I, I thought we'd all be holding around, sat around a campfire, seeing Kumbaya after six months of working <laughs> together, and that was probably a little bit unrealistic given the history and the complexity of what needed to get sorted out. But I think we've been, I think since then, I've sort of I've tried to listen really carefully, especially from Newport RFC, to understand the history, and I don't think they were fairly treated, by the way. Um, you know, um, especially by, you know, you know, some of the stakeholders around what happened to them when the game went from sort of club to regional and then from, um, you know, through the, the change of ownership. So I think I'm sympathetic to that. And then, of course, naturally understand between rugby and football, the conflict and then the pitch and the use of the stadium completely is understandable and makes sense. So you can imagine I've sort of probably had to spend six, nine months listening and understanding, how you know, the, the size of the emotional feeling as well as the actual practical logistical problem that really did exist try to strip out the emotion and then just get to what actually is the problems here um and then think about probably over the last year what are the solutions how do i try and help it make it work for all three um and then be realistic in the long term how do i make this work um um in the long term so i've sort of made i, I think okay progress i wouldn't give myself more than a C plus. Um, 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 I think part of getting into a B would be take the club private, um, get a long-term lease on Rodney Parade, improve the pitch, redo the surface, think about then how we really strategically get closer again with Newport Company, do a long-term deal, hopefully, um, where they become a long-term partner in the stadium. And then sit with Newport IFC and work out how do we make Rodney Prey part of your long-term future, but equally you help us to manage the surface um, and sit with them and do that too. And that's probably what I see is getting myself to a B minus or a B. Um, and then long-term, I'd like you know to be part of making Rodney Parade a, a stadium fit for the 21st century in terms of sporting experience, whether that, that, that isn't just the surface, that's the facilities. Um, that isn't just the facilities, it's also some of the sort of product we put around the stadium. So the match day experience you alluded to when you went along and sort of got bitten by the bug of in, just enjoying the occasion. Mm. Even if you don't enjoy the result, you can sometimes enjoy the occasion. Although I have to say most teams I'm involved in when we lose, it wouldn't matter if there was a band in a bar, I'm too depressed to enjoy. <laughs> but I know some people um, that's important. So I think that for me is the long-term solution. And then, and then also I've, I think I've got a job to do to really try and engage um, with the city because, you know, in terms of, you know, and that isn't just the council, but the wider community, because, you know, it, professional sports teams are at their most successful when everybody in that city is behind them. And, you know, sometimes I feel like in Newport, that's not the case. And, and, and we've got to fix that. And we've got to be honest with each other about it and put on the table why, if 
there's been things from the past or I don't know what the reasons are, but let's understand why, because if we can all get behind, you know, the football and, and the rugby, then Newport's a big city and it could support a pretty successful, you know, professional sports teams. You know, it, it, we're under punching our weight significantly, right? Um, you know, so we, we need to, we need to look at that. You know, we need to look at that. Uh, you know, you know, Swansea had a team in the Premiership recently. They've had the Ospreys winning the league. Well, really, should should Swansea be having that much more success than Newport, a team in the Premier League of football, and their rugby team winning? You know, the the league uh, that we operate in it feels like to me there's a pretty big step from Premier League football down to sort of the old what I would call Division Four, and feels like a pretty big step from winning the league and sort of. And not so. I would say, you know, I'd say we've got to, we've got to, we've got to look at why Newport's underpunching its weight um, uh, in terms of that. So I think because I, that's for me, it's, it, it is underpunching its weight. And you know, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you know, you know, Premier League football's around the corner. Obviously, that would be completely pie in the sky and unrealistic. But what, what, why not? You know, why not Championship um, football? That doesn't seem to me to be completely unrealistic. I remember in the '80s. You know, Newport Company in the old Division Two. Um, you know, I remember going to Summerton Park. Um, so, you know, it, it it doesn't seem completely unrealistic to me. Um, but we've got, you know, we've from where we are today and how things have been, it probably is unrealistic. But that's not that's not to say with the right leadership, things can't change, and and we can't make it happen. I, I'd like to think that I'd like to think we should at least have a go. I'm, I'm aware that this is probably uh, going threefold over the, the 10 minutes that we have penciled in the chat, David. So at, at risk of making the dogs more restless, maybe they need a walk or something. Um, is there any final sentiments? For, yeah, sorry uh, about that, for... by the way. Actually, oh, it's fine. It was, bloody, it was a bloody DPD. Uh, <laughs> it was a bloody DPD delivery, and they, they, they don't like the DPD delivery job. <laughs> It's this discovery of home working and all its quirks, isn't it? Like uh, waving to the Amazon guy because I'm I'm actually sat here at second story, just looking down at my uh, my drive, waving every delivery driver down. So yeah, yes, mate, just drop it at the front. But, yeah, hey, just we, stick we, in there, stick in there. Yeah, it could be worse, mate. My three year old could could come in and he could wallop me over the head with a dinosaur. <laughs> Trust me, it could be worse. <laughs> so I yeah, we, we've got we've gone on for a while. Have you got any final sentiments for Newport County fans in terms of anything? Really, I think we busted enough myths and, and proven that. There's enough to be hopeful for for Newport. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited forward. for Newport County fans. I, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, first of all, wish you massively well and success for the rest of this season to Flinney and the guys. I definitely hope um, massively, fingers crossed, and we'll be cheering along for hopefully a promotion. I'll appreciate it. it's not easy to get out of that league, but, but um, uh, I would say to Newport fans, look, just I would say just know two things. One is you are massively cared about and respected by everybody in the sort of Rodney Parade Dragons side of the um, side of the fence and, 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 and take that from me. That's the case. And, uh, and secondly, that we are 100% committed to developing a long-term strategic partnership with professional football with Newport Company at Rodney Parade. And we want that to be a hugely successful collaboration. And we understand as part of that is give and take. And, and, and we're absolutely willing to, 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 to listen and understand well, the Newport Company supporters trust um, and board one out of that, and, and we're look, and we're here to listen. And, and you know, my door is genuinely always open. I'm I'm at Rodney Parade certainly once a week, if not twice a week. And you know, if anybody you know wants to reach out, if you want to talk to me again at this podcast or wherever, I'm 100% accessible to you because you know, for me, you know, we're at our best uh, when we work together. 
Um, and we're definitely at our best, I think, in Newport when we realise that we have a lot as, as sports lovers that connects us, which is that we care about the, the city. Uh, you know, we care about you know the, the, the team being successful, uh, and thirdly, that we care about um, um, supporting our teams, whether that's football or rugby. And I, you know, I, I genuinely have a, as you can probably sense, I have a very, very soft spot uh, for the Cundy. Um, albeit I'm obviously not involved in the day-to-day. So, um, no, so I, but I definitely wish you well for the rest of the season. So there you have it. Thanks again to David Buttress for taking the time to chat to us. And, and the question I have for Newport County fans is, is simply, has that changed your opinion on any of the topics covered? You know, do you believe that it's still within their best interest to have our own ground, our own stadium? Or is it better, easier, simpler, smarter to go with David's vision of a joined-up strategic partnership? Let us know at 1912XLs on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. And with all that in the bag, I await your replies. And until next time, stay safe and keep it county. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans